Welcome to another episode of the Rise Up Country podcast. Hi, I'm John Ritter, host of the Rise Up Country radio show, and over the next few minutes, we're going to be spreading our message of hope and stories of inspiration with two of country music's biggest artists, Ronnie Millsap and L. King. You know, Ronnie Millsap is one of the most positive lights I've ever met in such a dark world. And wait until you hear his journey from starting out as a kid in school for the blind to being one of country music's biggest icons. And L. King, she's tough, she's rough, she speaks her mind. But today you'll see a side of her that you've never heard before. Plus, we're going to share some stories from the real stars of the Rise Up Country podcast, listeners just like you, who call into our Rise Up radio show, Hope Line, and share their life-changing stories so we can take those stories and be able to help others. Today we're going to hear from a caller about what makes up a best friend, God answering a prayer and delivering a radiator hose, and a caller who was in a terrible plane crash and walked away unscathed. We're going to start off today's episode with a guy that I just love. He's a hero of mine, Mr. Ronnie Millsap. Hey, John. Mr. Ronnie, how are you doing, buddy? Just fine, sir. Can you hear me all right? (laughs) I can hear you great. I can hear you great. Well, good. Then Sings My Soul, your gospel project. How many songs could you possibly put on that thing? Well, no, we... we 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 were told, um, uh, I think the plan was to do uh, 24 songs. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, and I got to tell you, you know, I put the CD in like I do all of them, and I'm going to go ahead and listen so I can do the interview and kind of scan through it. That's not something you scan through. I mean, that just gets to your heart, and the next thing you know it, man, it's just like you're in the middle of a church service. Well, that's wonderful, John. I know that I've, I've certainly had a tremendous amount of joy in uh, putting this together and making it, and the song selection was uh, special. As I got into singing, I know it was the most joyous ex- experience I've ever had. <laughs> well, I can hear it, too. I mean, it, it comes across. I'd say it comes across on tape, but we don't use that anymore, do we, Ronnie? Well, we use uh, <laughs> People say tape all the time, and I guess they really mean hard drive. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, um, what a, the song, What a Difference You Made in My Life. Yeah. You know, there is so much to be said, though, about you've got to have that change of heart before you can change that life. I, that's exactly right. And uh, where I'm a Christian, I, I'm not a preacher. Uh, I just live my life, John, every day, one day at a time. And uh, what a difference you made in my life. We felt it's appropriate to, uh, to do that version from, from right now. Uh, it's not the same as the version I cut many years ago, back mm-hmm. in 1977. Mm-hmm. But uh, that song has kind of been associated with me so much that I think it's more like a theme song. And I think that people, especially out on concerts, out on the road, they always want to hear it. And they say, you know, that uh, And I tell them the real difference in my life in getting through uh, my life a day at a time is uh, my family and and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Boy, isn't that the truth. I'm the same way. And what's really great about that, I had just written down, I think it was on Sunday, I said, you know, I have to do a show to ask people that what took place in their life to give them a change of heart that allowed them to change their life. And I hear this song, I go, well, there you got it. Now I know who's going to be the entertainer on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and m- music is so powerful, John. You know, it. Uh, I know other, uh, other uh, forms of entertainment are, are just as powerful. Uh, but to and you know you've got a movies are but they're they're much longer, mm-hmm. uh, usually in three to four minutes on the song, uh, you can be transported back to a certain time. Uh, you can you can hear you know hear the music and immediately you're you're right back at a, a certain get together. You smell the same smells and you remember all the things that went along with it. And, and a lot of times people will say, well, you know, when I heard that song, that's what changed my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, uh, you know, to, that's what we're trying to do with, with the music is uh, just uh, communicate and uh, um, say how we feel in our hearts and hope somebody else will pick up on it. Yeah, you know, I read... Um one of those little bits of information they send about the artist. And I was so struck by when it talked about you going to the school for the blind and being six years old and you get there, and when all of a sudden you heard somebody else that was out there and you became friends with them, and then the classic line, and I realized I wasn't alone anymore. I mean, isn't that how we feel about when we finally have God in our life? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I did think that I was I was alone uh, when I was six years old, left at that school. I remembered listening to the Bible stories about Joseph being sold into slavery down in Egypt, <laughs> and I thought, well, this is probably what this is. And I started hearing uh, some other voices and other six-year-olds like myself and uh, started making friends. And like you said, all of a sudden, I wasn't alone anymore. <laughs> That's exactly and right. And I made friends, and uh, actually that, that school, you know, uh, had it, uh, it uh, you know, they, uh, they actually gave me the tools uh, to build a successful life. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you that, too. At what point did you come to realize that, you know what? Man, I, I got a gift here. I can make a living singing and playing the piano. When did that come about? Well, it certainly was not endorsed by the faculty at the school. Oh, really? No. The Governor Moorhead School for the Blind, uh, I started studying violin at 7 and piano at 8. And I came out of the Smoky Mountains of Western North Carolina, so I came out of, um, you know, bluegrass and uh, country and gospel music, mm-hmm. all of a sudden thrown into Mozart, Bach, and Beethoven, and Liszt, and Brahms, and it was uh, a culture change for me. I studied 12 years of classical music and uh, played in competitions, uh, piano as a teenager, but uh, to do this for a life's work, uh, they all said no. 
you will fail. You'll huh. be out on the street. You'll be a liability to the state. Wow. And so you've got you've made uh, honor roll all the way through high school. You've you've got to take an academic career. We will sponsor your college education if you'll do an academic career. Hmm. So I, so I went 2 years to a college in Georgia on my way to going to law school. John and uh, uh I was over at a school in uh, just across the line in Georgia named Young Harris and I I met a teacher named Zell Miller who was my political science teacher. <laughs> and I couldn't wait to get to that teacher every single day I couldn't wait to get into his class he had such charisma and he I I was just so interested in everything he had to say but as much as that was and uh, you know knowing that I'm on my way to Atlanta to Emory to to, to law school that's the plan uh, somewhere along the way I met Ray Charles at a concert in Atlanta <laughs> uh I was able to get backstage in his dressing room. His pilot uh, got me backstage, and uh, I got to meet Ray. And I said, man, I've been a fan for so long. I've got all your music, and I've studied uh, classical piano for this. And then I want to be in music, but the people who are advising me are telling me that I cannot do music, that I will fail. And he said, well, play me something. So... <laughs> <laughs> I played him three songs, and he said, he, he said, well, son, you can be a lawyer if you want to, but uh, you got a lot of music in your heart. If I were you, I'd follow what my heart tells me to do. And I thought, wow. whoa, that speaks pretty loudly if Ray Charles says. Uh, well, I got goosebumps on yeah, that so one, so he, wow. he says, you know, you, know, you need to be around people and, and try this out for a while. Uh, so that's how I really got into music, and it was in Atlanta at that time. And uh, during the same period of time, uh, when I was going through that and trying to explain, I did not want to go on to Emory University to to school. I had another year to do to get into law school, and I told. Uh, the folks in North Carolina who were sponsoring my college, I said, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to get into music. And they said, Oh no, you're going to, you're going to, you're making that big mistake. You're making that huge mistake. Of course, they, you know, they all think it's fine right. now. now but, right. Uh, sure. And you know, they were actually telling me the truth. I, I knew what the odds were. The odds were one of the, I don't know, gazillion that mm -hmm. I would actually make this come off. Uh, I give most of the, I give all the credit to Joycey. <laughs> and uh, I met her around that same time, and I said, you know, I can really do this stuff. And uh, so, you know, I, I was I was crazy enough to convince her that I could do that stuff. And so I started out as an R&B artist, uh, had my first R&B top five billboard record. And uh, then we moved to Memphis, uh, got to play on a lot of records down there in the recording studios, including on two albums with Elvis got to play for those Elvis private parties and get to meet him and wow. finally, finally came to Nashville um, 
And that was through the assistance of uh, Mr. Charlie Pride, hmm. who we met uh, in Los Angeles. And he said, you need, need to move to Nashville. And Charlie's manager, a gentleman by the name of Jack uh, Johnson, and Jack heard me play, and he said, I want to manage your career. So I came to Nashville, and uh, we did a session, and uh, he got me a, a deal with uh, RCA, and that's where my mainstream country mm -hmm. uh, career started. Isn't that something? You know, I mean, if you think back, was there any one, one place that you'd say, you know, this was the moment that changed my life? Would it be meeting Ray Charles? Meeting Ray Charles and meeting Charlie Pride. Mm -hmm. Those two times, uh, because, John, if you know my background from the Smoky Mountains, uh, to come to Nashville and actually sing country music um, was so natural for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it was so natural, everybody wondered, how could I slip into that so fast? Because I'm, I'm diverse. I've played uh, classical, the blues, played in jazz bands. Rock, rock bands, you name it, I've kind of done it all. But when I fi finally came to Nashville, I found out one thing that's, that's true is in, in the presentation of your music, you don't have to yell anymore. And <laughs> as a blues singer, you have to sing pretty loud, loudly. Right, loudly. Right. Um, but it happened very fast uh, for me, you know. But, uh, you know, after a couple of... Uh, Top ten. One, the first one went top ten. Second went top five. Then we had a single went number one, and so we, you know, in a twenty-year period, had forty number one hits on RCA. Is that unbelievable? Yeah, and, and uh, so I, I've, I've done a lot of things, but nobody ever asked me would I do an album of my favorite gospel songs hmm. Hmm. until now. Wow, that's so great. Hey, the only thing I regret about this interview, Ronnie, is that we don't get to hang out more. We need to grab lunch or do something, buddy. I love talking to you. I'd love that, John, and we got to figure out how to do that. We will. Talk to you later, brother. Okay, baby. Thanks Bye -bye. a lot. What a story of overcoming and encouragement, huh? Ronnie Millsap. Hey, listen, right now we're going to share some of the stories from the real stars of the Rise Up Country podcast. Listeners just like you who have called into our Hope Line and shared their stories of hope and inspiration. For this lady, she was in dire straits and in need of transportation. Back in 2020, I was eight months pregnant. And I was in a car accident that actually totaled my car. My best friend came to me, and we've been best friends, gosh, for over 10 years now. And she said, I want you to get ready. We're going to go somewhere. So my fiance and I got ready, and she picked us up, and she actually took us to a car lot. And because COVID was going on and everything like that, she actually bought us a car because without my car, I was an opening shift person for the company that I worked for and I was showing up two and a half hours early for work at 3 30 in the morning 
and she bought me a car being eight months pregnant so I didn't have to wait outside waiting for my company to open. <laughs> now that's what I call a good friend with a great heart, huh? She really is, and she's the biggest blessing in my life. My goodness. They say if you can count the number of friends that you have on one hand, you're a blessed person. Yes, sir. That is that is 100% correct. Well, that is so sweet. Hey, thanks for sharing that with us, and maybe that'll open up some other people's hearts to know what giving is all about. Thank you very much. You have a blessed Sunday. You as well, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. So sometimes you wonder, does God really hear my prayers? Are some of my prayers ridiculous? Does he even pay attention? Am I so small? Listen to this. Here in Arkansas, I'm, uh, I was cutting timber one day, and I was in the log woods, and I had uh, contracted two semi-drivers to bring their trucks out and haul the logs away for me. Mm-hmm. And we're way out in the middle of nowhere, and I blew a radiator hose on my log skitter. And I knew that these guys were at a lot of expense, and I'm a firm believer in God. And I I prayed, I said, Lord, I, I'm a man of God. I believe in you. I've got these guys out here. They've spent their money to come, and I need to get them loaded. And I can't get this radiator hose. You have to order it in. Mm-hmm. And I, a buddy of mine was helping me. He said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to pray. <laughs> we began to pray. And lo and behold, we walked a circle around the skitter, and there in the leaves was laying a brand-new radiator hose, just the exact one that we needed for our skitter. <laughs> My hair stood right straight up on end. I am not kidding you. I shouted a little bit, put the radiator hose on, went down to the creek, got some water, finished up the day. Praise is that God. something? Isn't that, I'm telling you, that's awesome. That's the God I serve. He is an awesome God. I'm with you, man. That is a great story. Hey, thanks for sharing it with us. Yes, sir. God bless you, man. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. Maybe that story stimulated you to share one with us. You can on the Rise Up Country Hope line at 844-717-7774. Or if you want to make a comment about that story, you can on our Facebook page at Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. So how in the world could you possibly walk away from a plane crash? Uh, <laughs> I'm a, uh, a pilot. I was test flying a plane one morning, and uh, somehow I was so distracted during pre-flight and checking the plane that I missed that the controls across some ailerons weren't hooked up right. And uh, got out on the runway, and I took off, and... As soon as I got airborne, I realized I had no control over the airplane. Oh, my gosh. So I really quick feathered the engine and got it back down on the ground, but I hit so hard I sort of jammed the uh, steering controls on the nose wheel, and I entered a heavily wooded area doing about 60 miles an hour. Hmm. And it literally tore the wings off, tore the landing gear off, and I drove the plane maybe... 25 feet into this woods, which you could hardly walk through, hmm. and walked out without a scratch. It's like, you know, God's my co-pilot right. when I fly, because right. you just never know. I mean, when you're flying, I mean, you got to have somebody up there with you. You know, a phrase I love, it said, you know, if God's your co-pilot, then you better move over. <laughs> hey, you never know, though, do you? No, you don't. You don't. 
Hey, listen, I'm glad you're okay. Thanks for the miracle story, and thanks for listening to Rise Up Country on Sunday mornings. Here on my uh, my radio, it just turns on and wakes me up in the morning. You know, if you've got a story you want to share with us, you can on the Rise Up Country Hope Line at 844-717-7774. Well, you've heard the name L. King. She's come onto the country scene and doing great. She acts like she's rough and she's tough. I had a chance to talk to her on a Zoom interview, and the first thing I noticed is what a great mama she is and what a change that's been for her and for her life. And we started talking about one of the songs off the new project that, to me, says it all. A song like Lucky, it seems like that's the journey of your life. Knocked down, beat up the things you've gone through, and then having your, your baby, I mean... It seems like that tells your story. If if nobody knows that my son's name is Lucky, um, that song really does sum up uh, my whole journey of being here, of, of you know self worth and and like most of the things, mo- uh, most of the hardships were self inflicted and things that I didn't know I didn't need in my life or I thought I needed for creativity or I I would now just call it, it my twenties. And I, I just had kind of a wild ride and an interesting childhood. And um, I think I I think a lot about self-worth and self-confidence. And now, you know, it, w- I struggled with trying to get pregnant. And um, I know the, the feeling of losses. And I think if I were to just sum up everything, I mean, nothing is harder. In, I'm, nothing in my life has ever been harder than... Um, the journey of trying to become a mother. And I just feel like it's this beautiful, incredible blessing. And my life is at this point, like, I don't want to rock the boat because I feel like I don't know if I'm supposed to be, you know, in this comfort, this level of comfort and joy and happiness. Um, because I've definitely done a lot of things that maybe don't deserve this so I don't know where I went right or I definitely know all the wrong turns I that I took um and it's a it's an honest and vulnerable open song about just kind of you know being appreciative and um you know you don't know how good you got something until it's taken away and I don't ever want it to be taken away so I don't know if I deserve all this but I appreciate it and um my son is just become this like beautiful like driving force in me that has just totally changed my life i'm so glad that you're a mommy and you got all those blessings thanks thank you thank you wow i hate to hit you with all this but i have to tell you you are so smart that's a first that's a first you guys hear that someone called me smart What a funny reaction, huh? I also asked her about her song, Try Jesus, because a lot of her messages in her songs go back to faith. When did you learn about faith and having that in your life? Um, I grew up with a very strong religious grandmother. Um, And it's interesting because I, I just kind of fought any authoritative figure, anything that was like put on me. And everyone in my family, we are so stubborn. And after I had my baby, I just, I, I didn't know how else to feel close to my grandmother that isn't here. Even though I know she's with me and she's in my heart and she's in every song I play and she's in my, my son. Um, I found great joy in kind of 
deepening my roots and going back to my faith. Um, and through prayer, like prayer brought great gratitude. And um, I'm not like, I don't sit well in silence. I'm not like a massive meditator. So I would just pray. And it really brought me great peace. And I felt like the the stronger my roots and the wider my antenna was for spirit and um, just the love that is bigger than us, I felt like it attracted so so much greatness to me. And um, whether it's a song or whether it's new ways of being, um, you know, Try Jesus was, was given to me. I felt at a time that I was super open and, and like I, at a time I could have appreciated it and mean, and mean what I was singing. Um, and I, I love it. And I'm not a, you know, I'm living in Nashville now, but growing up as a teenager in New York city, like you don't really, you don't really talk about Christianity that much (laughs) and not in my experience, you know, I'm not saying that people aren't Christian in New York, but for me, it, it was just a really big difference to move from Ohio to New York city. And, and have that change, and and then my twenties were just like you know, God, Jesus, and God were like not super ever present in the forefront of my mind when I was a wild maniac. But you know, my faith and and my beliefs they've always been there, and you know, I know that my God was ready to receive me and give me the love back, and I love talking about it because I think it's important someone who has been really open about my whole life and I got face tattoos and neck tattoos and I can say, I love God and God loves me. It's great. (laughs) You are allowed to have your own relationship with faith and spirituality in any sense. Mine is rooted in gratitude and belief that something is bigger than me and has a plan for me and honestly takes off a lot of pressure. You got to check out that song. It's called Try Jesus by L. King. Hey, maybe some of these stories stimulated you to doing some thinking and saying, I'd like to share my story. Well, you can on the Rise Up Country Hope Line at 844-717-7774. Hey, don't forget to look up our radio show. You can find us, John Ritter and Rise Up Country, Sunday mornings, around the United States. Listen, if you want to make a comment about the show, you can on our Facebook page at Rise Up Country, or you can follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. Until next time, remember, don't give up, just rise up.